Hi, this is Mentality Meets, and my name is Peter Larkham. So this is part of Mental Health Awareness Week. We are on day three, and today we have Lauren Silver, who is a clown and a performer, and absolutely awesome. Uh, I have been on one of her workshops, and I have to say, I have not laughed so much, um, and would totally recommend, if you can, get her into your workplace, because this is all about play, happiness, enjoying it, building positive mental health and well-being within our our companies and our strategies and our teams. Um, So, you know, once again, no idea where this conversation is going to take us, but this is Mentality Meets. So Mentality Meets is all about being real, open, honest about mental health and talking about mental health, the good, the bad and the ugly and all that jazz. So um, health warnings. We don't know anything about you. We don't know what your personal experience is of mental health illnesses, whether you are experiencing uh, symptoms and and situations at the moment or whether you have done in the past. We don't know um, whether you're supporting people with mental health illnesses. We, We don't know anything about this. Uh, and so we just have to be aware of all the different things that are going on inside of you. So if you are struggling during this time together and you need some help or support, please feel free to use your chat bar and send me a message directly. Otherwise, you have access to the Samaritans on 116-123. You can also text SHOUT to 85258. And we are also banging out about uh, an organization called Hub of Hope which is www.hubofhope.co.uk. Now, what we love about Hub of Hope is that within that website, you put in your postcode and it will show you all the mental health provision for your local area, which means if you're supporting people on the other side of the country, you can put in their postcode and it will show all the mental health support and provision in their local area. So fantastic resource. So Lauren, Thank you for joining us. Can I just ask you to give us a little bit of a background as to who you are and mm-hmm. how you are doing what you're doing, basically? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Lauren Silver. I, you know that bit. Um, I am a clown and a theatre maker and an actor. And also um, I sort of uh, campaign, I guess, or advocate for sort of well-being and play. Somebody said a play specialist, which I loved, but then I Googled that and uh, apparently that's a thing in hospitals for children, which I think I want to reclaim that because I feel like I'm a play specialist for adults um, or young people. Uh, So I um, have been sort of making theatre for about 10 years. Um, I trained as an actor and then I sort of fell into doing clowning and improvisation along the way. Um, I've toured nationally and internationally with shows um, and my work and um, then I for the last four years I've been sort of building and developing my company Playwell Um, and that is uh, we train and use play to um, sort of help connect and um, look after people using play and uh, through workshops and shows and through that time as well I made a um, autobiographical clown show called Surprise and uh, that show uh, I've been developing for the last four years um, and it was finally ready to be premiered in a theatre in Liverpool uh, this week actually but uh, as we say in improv uh, circuit plans and uh, hopefully it's going to be uh, it's going to be postponed till next year which is great it's um and that is a show based on my personal experience around anxiety and um my sort of lo- my sort of love i guess of sort of 
passion around well-being and therapy. Um, my personal experience was my dad passed away when I was 17. And so I've been um, seeing a therapist since I was 17. And I, I think I said to you, Peter, earlier, like, I'm really passionate and it became a, nor- a part, you know, normality as part of my life as well. Um, also, my family are Jewish. And so I think I just assumed that like Jews invented anxiety. <laughs> so like, so like I was, I just, it's been a real part of our, not invented, but we've really claimed it. Um, so it's been a real part of our, um, for me and just my life. And what I started to realise over the time from when I was 17, that I was, um, like many comedians or people who work in comedy, using, using comedy to talk about my experiences. Um, I have, for quite a long time, had quite bad death anxiety. Um, and it was something that I was able to sort of find in some ways fun and light through because it was a way that I was able to connect with what was happening. Um, so it's, you know, it becomes a part of the norm for me, really. Um, but the show itself, uh, yeah, it set in a, the show set in a surprise party and the audience were invited to throw basically, um, in some ways, like a theatrical piece of exposure therapy and there's surprises along the way. It's really interactive and really fun. Um, and then I developed these workshops that um, are developed around improvisation and planning principles, which I can delve more into the details but um that's it oh and I volunteer at a hospital with my uh, therapy dog Wally uh who is in a lot of my uh videos that I make but yeah I do that I I put a LinkedIn uh video of you out because you did a video just the other day around yeah, um yeah uh anxious thoughts yeah, uh, yeah. and use your use your dog as the context of an anxious thought kind of zipping in and out of the video yeah. and it it was the it was the most simple and yet perfect explanation of how anxious thoughts work. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, so, uh, so if you haven't seen that, do kind of go on to, to my LinkedIn page and just kind of watch the video. Or go on to Lauren's page and watch the video. Um, and it's just brilliant. Um, so I've also realised I've not even said hi to people yet. I haven't asked you to engage with your chat bar. Um, so I need, Lauren, I need a decent question. Um, and I'm going to steal something from your activity uh, yeah, that we've done before. So um, on your screen, if you go into gallery view, okay, so go to gallery view and you'll see everybody who's on the screen, okay? Um, also, if you've just joined us, your video may well be off. So if you want to have your video on, please make sure you turn it on. I can't control that. But what I want you to do is I want you to point to Lauren, okay? So for me, Lauren is that person there. Okay, so I need you to kind of figure out where Lauren is in the context of your screen. And it looks like for everybody, Lauren, you are in the same place for all of us. Yeah. Check out your authority in the context of Zoom meetings. Yeah. Lauren's right there. Brilliant. (laughs) So on your chat, I would like you to uh, put hi. What's your name? So I want you to know what your name is. I want to know where in the country you are from um and uh i've got to have a a more interesting thought process for for these sessions i should spend more time thinking about what what i'm asking of people so what's your name where in the country are you and Mm. have you ever attended counseling yes or no 
Okay, so because uh, that's a little bit of a kind of interesting process. So we've got um, Joe in Hampshire saying yes. We've got Carol uh, from the New Forest saying yes. I have attended. Kay in London saying yes. Melanie saying yes in Oxfordshire. Emmy in Chester saying yes. Desiree uh, saying yes. Um, Sonia saying yes. Eleanor saying yes. Dave saying yes. Wow. Um, uh, Alison in North Luke saying yes. Chandler saying yes in Bournemouth. This is this is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Gillian and Winchester saying no. Me too, Gillian. I didn't want to be the first person to say it. Is that embarrassing as the no. person who's kind of leading these sessions? Um, but I, I've never, never experienced counselling firsthand, um, and I constantly tell everyone that I'm working with to do it. Go get counselling. Go get counselling. Mm. Um, and in all honesty, uh, I think I now need to because this is this is yes. So. Um, so the, the 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 question. So someone just kind of sent me a, a personal message. So, so I missed the question. So what's your name? Uh, where in the country are you? And have you attended counselling? Uh, was the question. Helen in Oxford here saying no. So we're now getting the no's coming through because I think they were embarrassed that it was just a swarm of yeses at the beginning of that chat. But it's so encouraging. Um, and so another question out there: Having attended counselling, did it help? Yes or no? Just a very quick yes or no. Did it help? Uh, Counselling, is it a good thing? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Kaboom. This is a whole load of yeses. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> Tandy, kinda. kinda. That's a very yeah. kind of mediocre kind of, hmm. But also, know, maybe. don't you think it's, I think with, um, I think with therapy and counselling, it's such a journey. It's such a, there's so much about therapy and counselling first of all it's got to be somebody that you feel like you can connect with that you feel that you can build a good professional relationship with um also it can develop over time of what you need as well and what you want sometimes it's cbt so cognitive behavioral therapy where it's active um logical steps for the next stage sometimes you want to go back in time and talk about all of that stuff i think it's such a tangible movable thing i feel so passionate about <laughs> therapy but um yeah. Because I think it's, it's, I think there isn't one way of doing it and there isn't one way, is there isn't one perfect way and you change, you, you're constantly changing the way your outlook constantly changes. So what you need, it maybe a year before might be different to two years later. It's, and you've got to, I think you've got to feel free to know that that relationship can shift. I've, I've been through my first share of therapists. I'd like to say that that's nothing to do with me. Because <laughs> um, that was going to be my, that was going to be my question long, because you said that you started counselling when you were 17. You've had yeah. counselling kind of yeah. ever since. Yeah. Um, now, I don't want to say how old are you now, because that, you, you should never ask that question. Um, <laughs> but um, the question I was going to say is, has it been the same counsellor? And you've just said no, no by, by, by no stretch of the imagination. No, is it the same one. I think I, you know, somebody, a conversation I, I have a lot is, um, did I ever think about getting therapy or counselling before my dad passed away? And uh, um, or needed or was never in a stage of wanting that. I th I've always been somebody who, my family are very much, we think something and we say it, that, that has, there's never been a block there for anything. We don't, there's no blocking, there's no, so it's always been a very open emotional family to be able to talk about what we need. But originally I went to see a therapist because I was having quite stressful dreams about my dad, about the whole situation. It was, you know, it was really sad. It was really traumatic. Um, it was, you know, it was a, it was a really 
rubbish. It was a really rubbish time. And I was having quite repetitive sort of obsessive dreams about the situation quite soon afterwards. Um, And so I was sort of recommended to go see a therapist who gave me a tip about that, which I can share. It's wonderful. So you imagine, so you imagine the thoughts or the dream or the situation and it's about removing yourself. So then you imagine it in black and white and then you imagine yourself watching it on a black and white telly. Then you imagine yourself watching yourself watching it on a black and white telly. And eventually what that does is it starts to remove yourself from it. And that just became like a light bulb moment for me of going, here's a really tangible, logical, because I, I have to have the logic. It's just the way sort of I need that logic and that explanation as well as emotion. Um, I found that such a helpful way to sort of re- separate myself, I guess. And that has sort of become a basis of a lot of how I work now is just having an understanding of what that is and understanding how that that doesn't necessarily you're not stuck with that forever that's not just going to be how you're going to feel for the rest of time and from having that therapist then I saw her until I went to university went to drama school and then saw a therapist at drama school just because it for me it was a maintaining of my emotional state which was really important and um then I've just moved around quite a lot in London and I've had a therapist that retired one that had to stop so um you know hopefully it's never been a personal thing <laughs> but if it has <laughs> I've never said um I think, so. I think that's fascinating because on the chat I mean uh we've got the responses of um it's definitely about the relationship you've got to find the right counsellor yeah. uh, and the right type of counselling um it doesn't work for everyone it's all about relationship one size doesn't fit all uh you've got to realize that you need it before mm. you can actually start kind of engaging with it I thought that's brilliant um and Melissa said it's a shame that we just don't see counselling as an additional tool to our overall well-being uh we only seem to consider it when we need it well exactly I I completely agree I think there's it doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily the way it works for everybody but it's something that I feel really passionately about and it I feel like it's something in some ways you should opt out of as opposed to opt into, it should be available that you could say, actually, this isn't for me, as opposed to making that process of going into it. It's just to have somebody to listen to you non-judgmentally is such a, is such a sort of wonderful sort of freeing thing to have that you're able to just talk and then, or, you know, giving you active tools because we're constantly shifting and changing and it shouldn't, I've definitely got to a stage where there was a time I wasn't seeing a therapist and I got really, I got really sick again. I got really low. And I was like, this is because, and and I, because I haven't spoken to somebody for a while, I haven't been able to recognize it. And I go, I think I don't see my therapist. I sort of check in with her when I'm ready, but that's because I've been seeing her since I was 17. So I'm able to sort of recognize when I need to talk to somebody, but that's taken me years to get to. Um, and now I'm sort of able to go, okay, I think I really need to check in. And I've just learned a lot about myself and a, a lot about listening and listening to other people, which I think is great. I think it's a cracking thing. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, so in essence, kind of we've got to the point where counselling is a good thing. Uh, yeah. And I would like to encourage you to explore it. Uh, try it. If you haven't tried it already. Um, if you work in a company, you, you may well have something called an employee assistance programme or an EAP. Okay, employee assistance program. Uh, it is the quickest way of accessing counselling in the UK at the moment. 
okay um and you need to realize that because it's not just for you but it may be for anyone who lives in your home address okay uh so it's for family members as well um so that's if you're working in a company if you aren't working in a company then you have the iapt which is the iapt okay iapt but the thing with that you need to google your local area and iapt because it's called different things in different regions but it stands for improved access to psychological therapy um quicker but not necessarily quick okay uh counseling before the lockdown process was an eight to ten month period okay employee assistance program two weeks so it really is the quickest way of accessing counseling if you have access to one um <clears throat> so uh just kind of reading one-to-one group counseling so sonia said had group counseling but one-to-one definitely worked better carol said i could only do it one-to-one um and the differences in experience, uh, and it may well be over the phone, not face-to-face. And Melissa is saying that about the employee assistance program. Um, we'll certainly kind of start off over the phone. Um, and in the context at the moment, it's simply about encouraging people to talk. Yeah. Don't be afraid to talk about what's going on. Uh, and if you can do that over a Zoom meeting or over uh, a phone call, brilliant. Okay. So, Lauren, sorry, uh, question for you. You you said in your introduction that you had a you've written a play, you created a play, and you launched the play yeah. that was due to launch this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. what is that play called? Because I would love to know about it. So, the show is called Surprise, um, and so it's a clown show. So, it's interactive. Uh, so, it's me with the audience, and the setup is that I really don't like surprises, which is true. Um, but as a way of exposure therapy, um, I've decided as the clown, so the character, so not necessarily me, it's sort of a version of me, has decided that they're going to throw a, a surprise party for myself, and the audience are going to help me do that. Um, in a way that will expose me to the thing that I'm scared of, which is surprises. Uh, but the way that we do that with exposure therapy is you gently expose somebody to things that they're scared of. So we work through sort of in a very safe, fun way. It's all sort of safely done. I've worked with psychologists and therapists um, over the time to develop it. So there's nothing there that is, you know, you're not watching somebody and sort of not having a good time. But the wonderful thing about clown and something that drew me to sort of that style of performance is um, clowns are encouraged to be really vulnerable and open and generous. There's no fourth wall with clowning. You are with the audience. And I love that. I love that ability to connect with people. You know, we break it straight away. I'm directly, I mean, I give audience members confetti cannons. They're encouraged to set that up at any point during the show. And it's to help me, to surprise me. Um, Everyone wears a party hat. It's fun. I dress as a big amygdala, which is, I've done another video of that. So loads of my props and part of my show is just like in my house going like, I've got to wait another year. But um, it's all, so I'm sort of using these small videos to sort of develop a bit of a fun way uh, to talk about the work. And I think it was interesting. I know you talked about this before and I know there's quite a lot within the Speakers Collective, people who work in comedy. So Dave and Juliet and Jake, um, and I think the interesting thing about using comedy f- for me and for clowning is is a, a way of sort of distancing yourself from what's happening without blocking or saying that this thing isn't happening. It gives you this ability to sort of distance it because a lot of what happens to me, I think is really silly and stupid. Um, not stupid like that stupid, but just funny. Um, and when I'm able to sort of remove myself, I'm able to 
look at it a little bit more objectively, logically, which is how you can also be encouraged. And it's a really sort of generous way to share those moments with people. And it's encouraged just people to say, oh, I feel that as well without feeling any judgment. And um, yeah, I just, I love it. I think planning and improvisation, which is the basis of all my work, or the work I do in my workshops as well, it's a really generous sort of open way to talk about something um, that you can welcome people in and sort of encourage people to share those experiences with you. I think that's brilliant because I mean Dave and I uh, want to talk on on Monday mm-hmm. and um, Dave was explaining kind of his experience of the all uh, session so both Dave and I were in the same thing and he said he just loves the fact that um, you can't do anything wrong that yeah. failure is actually okay yeah, yeah. So- um, and in a world where we are so kind of driven by almost perfectionism we're kind of mm. in that it's got to be right got to be right got to be right uh, yeah. to have the freedom to actually say you know what it can just be silly and it can just be wrong yeah. uh, in the world's eyes but that's yeah there's no such thing as failure in the yeah. context of this in so three principles of improvisation which I use in all my work is um one of them is mistakes are gifts so you're encouraged to fail you're encouraged to make mistakes because you don't know what um you don't know what can come from that and if you're constantly trying to be a perfectionist I'm definitely guilty of that you're not able to sort of open yourself up to see what happens so mistakes are gifts they're opportunities and I encourage people I say you have feel free to fail as much as possible there's no judgment it's being open it's being generous just make mistakes here because that's so something that holds us back it drives us you know to sometimes to distress it can do because we just want to get things right and I think with improv you never know what's going to come out of your mouth and what glorious things can happen next I've seen wonderful shows where worlds have been created because somebody just misheard what somebody else said and just ran with that and it's glorious so I say it all the time in the workshops fail 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 and just embrace failing and the other one is um is make 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 the others look good make other people look good don't focus on we're always focused to be looking in if you're just focused on the other people in your team and making them look good and they're doing that for you then you're you're gonna as a team you're gonna smash it because you're just your job is just to make the other people look good, um, and then the other one is yes and which is saying yes to things and accepting that that is happening. You're not agreeing, you don't have to agree with everything, but it's just accepting that that has been said or that um, idea has been put into the room or yes okay I'm having a negative thought I accept I'm having that I'm not going to fight it now what do I need to do. Just those three, yes, and mistakes are gifts, and make others look good. I think I just like rules for life. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I there's so much. There's so much good stuff in what you're talking about. Um, and I want to try and figure out how do we release people in the call today to fail at something today. Mm. Um. Because it's not the kind of question that you say, hey, what would you like to fail at today? Why don't you put it down in the chat? That'd be amazing. <clears throat> That's kind of not the question. Yeah. Well, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's, I mean, if you feel comfortable to talk about something that you might fail at, or but failure isn't necessarily an inward thing. It could just be things don't happen in the way that you want them to. And sort of 
shout out if great Dave fails to pay his rent regularly <laughs> that is good to acknowledge and accept that that's happening but it's okay to just say because then you can ask for help then you can say this isn't going the way I want it to it's frustrating but holding on to those feelings so as soon as you know COVID happened and a show I've been working for towards for four years which in the grand scheme of things you know losing a lot of my work I just honestly shouted suck it lands really loudly in my flat because I was like I can't control this thing mm. so I have to hold on tightly and let go lightly is what we say about ideas um which is a really help I find it a really helpful thing to sort of just walk away from and go okay this isn't this isn't this hasn't gone the way I've wanted to but it does mean other opportunities are going to happen so um yeah you can talk about things wow. that you fail so oh my gosh okay so control so often we want control over things Mm -hmm. and you've just kind of stated that when the uncontrollable happens you have to let stuff go Mm. um and yet okay oh difficult question potentially in this who here is still holding on that the old way of life is going to come back next week okay who here is holding on to the going to hope that normal life of what it was before is going to come back next week because by holding on to that are we stopping ourselves from moving into our next step Mm -hmm. of life Mm -hmm. because we are holding on to something that is not a current reality we don't have control of it our current reality but is it holding us back from from the future so um uh, okay let's just go back on this so um Penicillin was found by a failure. I like it. Um, failed to do things on my to-do list uh, for the fifth day in a row. Brilliant. Uh, failing at the website. Make mistakes. Um, feel like I failed. And this sends me into a spiral of emotions, often tear and anger. Um, and then uh, kind of Kellogg's cornflakes were, were found by accident, apparently. Uh, amazing story. Um, and then the question about, are we still hoping that the, the reality is going to come back? Nope, nope, nope. nope. No, I love no, it. Everyone's no, just no, like, snap. No. Rubbish question, Pete. Rubbish question. Um, beginning to realise that it will change, uh, but I'm okay with change like that, does it? Um, and that change is good. Change is good, isn't it? Yeah, it's oh, difficult okay. to not be able to... Oh, you're right. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. I disagree. Um yeah, I think I think change is scary and terrifying, but also it's something that is inevitable and we can plan and plan and plan for things. But yeah, they're, they're going to shift. And I guess it's still feeling comfortable that you're still in control of how you decide to respond to that. Um, but that just takes time and just being a bit kinder to yourself to know that that will come. But yeah, to trust it, to trust that the change is going to happen. We don't know, but we are living a shared experience all together. Everybody is going through this. This isn't just something that no, you know, one person is experiences. We're all experiencing what's going on. We're all going to find out how this big change is a new opportunity for us. Um, yeah. Amazing. Well, Lauren, uh, I have to say it is 11.30. Our time has absolutely (laughs) raced today. There's been so much good stuff that you've been bringing out in this conversation. Um, And we didn't even get to the point of me saying, but hang on, you're such a happy, smiley, engaging person with this underlying anxiety process going on all the time uh, and how that works. But I mean, 
you just kind of stated that in the midst of your anxiety, you have to come to a place of being allowed to just let stuff go. Um, and I just find that absolutely fantastic. So in the context of Mentality Meets, we promise that these will last half an hour, which means that our time is up. Therefore, if you do need to log out, please feel free to do so. You can stay on the chat for a little bit longer uh, if you would like to. Um, but otherwise, this has been Lauren Silver. I have been Peter Larkham. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care. God bless. And bye-bye now. So that was the official ending. Okay. Uh, official ending done. Um, hey. Lauren, we do have some volunteers still left with us. Have you? Yeah. If if oh. anyone's interested to kind of stick around and and I, I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. You don't have to do anything. I'm happy to, yeah. <sighs> We've got three volunteers here. So Peter, I would like what I would like you to do is I would like you to I'm gonna give you some like a subject matter and I would like you to list eight things as quickly as you can to do with what I'm going to say, but say the first thing that comes to your brain, don't think it, don't overthink it, just say the first thing. Um, I find this really helpful when I am trying to come up with loads of ideas or I'm trying to come up with an idea for something. So if I, for example, was making a video, I was like, okay, I want it to be about this, what's going to be in it? And I, it's called a brain dump where I just literally write as much as possible, but this is sort of a verbal brain dump. Um, I don't say this is just a really helpful way to use to help generate some ideas. Um, don't ever think. Okay, it. so uh, hold on. You're gonna you're gonna give me a subject, and yeah. I've just got to go for eight, eight things, things that yeah. come straight into my mind. As Can I just clarify? Um, uh, I apologise in advance. This is being recorded. I may have to edit this out. I have no idea what I'm about to say uh, <laughs> or the context of what Lauren is going to give me. I've been on one of Lauren's work courses before. And was ashamed at what I said uh, in the midst of it. So uh, let's kind of go go with this. Let's let's see what happens. Okay. Um, yeah. If anybody else wants to put their microphone on, as long as it's not too, you know, it's nice to hear each other laughing. So don't feel like you have to be quiet um, or not laughing or being horrified. Um, all of the things, Peter. Whenever you're ready, I'm going to count them for you. So I'm going to shout okay. out each number. So from eight to one, I want to say as many th so as many words or as many things you can do with a colander. Go. Uh, wear it as a hat uh, and pretend that you're in the army. Um, right. Use it as a uh, baseball bat with your kids when you're playing. Not not on your kids. That would be wrong. But with Dude, a tennis no. ball, using it as a bat. Um, right. Uh, with a colander, you can uh, pour water through it and see it all coming out the holes. Um, you can uh, use it as water play. That was a, a, a okay, third one. Um, you Don't can me. fill it with sand and again kind of rustle it through and pretend that you're digging for gold. Oh. Um, you can, what can you do with the colander? You can uh, actually use it for its purpose of putting vegetables in and washing vegetables. Why not? <laughs> right. You can't do that with a colander. Um, how wh how many am I up to? You're at you've done five. Five. Okay, so uh, so the other thing that you can do with the colander is you can put wires on it and pretend that you're electrocuting yourself and you're a mad scientist. Uh, you can um, turn it into uh, a breastplate and uh, pick up a broccoli and pretend that you're. A, 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 uh, what are they called? Um, Knight in shining armor. Seven. Uh, seven. Um, you can uh, go around to Dave's house and give it to Dave as a present. Hey! 
wait. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> glorious. Absolutely glorious pizza. Um, that was great. Who else would like to have a go? Emmy, do you want to have a go? Great. Okay. Um, uh, Peter, would you like to give... <laughs> Peter, would you like to give Emmy uh, a, a subject? Emmy, I would um, like to know eight things you could do with a golfer's bag where they carry their golf sticks in. Okay, go. So I could use it to keep my yoga mat in. One. Um, I could take it camping with me and keep all my camping stuff in it. <laughs> <laughs> I could use it as a golf bag. Um <laughs> I um, I could ro- I could fill it, stuff it full, and use it as like a, a body roller, like a massager. What? I think a good one. Um, oh, what else could I do with it? I could put it in a bed and pretend it's a person if I didn't want to get caught out of bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what else could I use it for? Um, oh. I could I could draw on it. I could make some art out of it, paint it, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I could put a hole in the bottom um, and um, use it as a um, one trouser leg, and I could <laughs> I could use it as a to, to grow plants up, like some nice sweet peas or something around it. How many am I up to? I think you're eight. I think that was oh, eight. good. Oh, oh good. <laughs> Wonderful work. Um, for Chandy and Dave, just to let you know, no hesitation. Just let them come out as quickly as possible. But Emmy and Peter, that was brilliant. But you can go even faster. I want to pick the pace up now. So, uh, Dave. Right. Okay, Emmy, if you'd like to give Dave a subject. Oh. Um... If it's one trouser hey. leg, I know what. <laughs> Um, eight things you'd do with a zebra (laughs) okay eight things I'd do with a zebra Uh, I would uh, start a zoo I would ride it I would uh, skin it and sell it on a market I would remake Madagascar with a a live uh, zebra I would stick an ice cream cone on its nose and say that it was a unicorn I would ride it to the shops i would take a photo of it and share it on social media and i would try and confuse my niece and tell her that it was a massive cat eight excellent perfect guys this is amazing and finally chandy uh dave would you let's give chandy uh okay chandy uh, i want to be kind come on (laughs) eight things that you do with miriam margoyles (laughs) <laughs> who uh, um okay no, eight, things you, oh, okay. no go eight, on eight things you do with Stephen fry go on holiday one uh play qi yeah two um talk about mental health three uh quiz him about his experiences and what advice would he give to someone else four uh oh have a dinner party with him with uh, celebrities past and present, and Hi. Sarah does. Um, go to Nando's because who doesn't love Nando's? Um, 
And then, oh, try and like campaign for an issue around mental health, like a specific topic within well-being and stuff, um, because he's a he's a massive figure in the field of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I up to? Seven. You got two more. Oh, go to Domino's as well because I love Domino's. <laughs> um, and one more. And oh, anything, anything. Oh, invite Brian Cox and then go and like talk about space. Yeah, excellent. Brilliant. Well done, everyone. Um, so that's just I really love playing that one, Peter, because it's just a really helpful way if you you know you're getting stuck on something it's helpful for journaling is to write you know as much as thoughts as possible also creatively it's just I find that a really helpful game to just write stuff down just a bit of a brain dump of loads of ideas because you know you don't always want to go with your first idea so we'd never have got to Nando's for Stephen Fry had <laughs> <laughs> to I'm gonna make that happen now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all right. It's recorded, so you just need to kind of just slice that little snippet out and just keep posting it. Keep posting Send it. it. Subliminal <laughs> messages. Yeah, it could be like this. the next mentality meets. Just go to Nando's with the different figures in, in the public eye <laughs> and interview. Do you think that Stephen Fry has the ability to bring people from the past back so that you can have a dinner party <laughs> no. with? Them? No, you know how like people are like, what? Who? What are the five people you'd have at yeah. a dinner party with you? That's what I meant. Like he'd be one of those five yeah. people. Absolutely. Absolutely really? brilliant. You know what? Uh, on that note, I think it is probably uh, time to, to say thank you so much. You know what, Lauren? You've been absolutely brilliant. For everyone who has stuck around uh, and been part of that silly exercise, thank you so much. Uh, and you know what? Let's have a fantastic day. Take care. God Bye. bless. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye, guys. <laughs>